We are at an unprecedented point in history when highly credible warnings of climate change are multiplying every day. With a growing population comes ever-growing demand for food, water, energy and other natural resources. Many governments and organizations have shown their willingness to transition to renewable sources of energy. And on May 29th, a 111 million clean energy innovation fund was launched with the goal of getting capital-intensive startups off the ground. This is part of Breakthrough Energy Ventures, the 1 billion fund launched in 2016 by Bill Gates, which has pulled together a coalition of corporate and private investors, including SAP, General Electric, Jeff Bezos, Finot Koshla, and Jack Ma. This is just one instance that reflects an ongoing shift towards renewable power as the driver of global energy transformation. And that's our topic for discussion for today. Energy transition and making the move to clean, affordable energy. I would like you to welcome all to the Applied Innovation Podcast, brought to you by Capgemini's Applied Innovation Exchange. I am your host, Frank Wammers, and today I'm delighted to welcome two amazing guests to the podcast. First, welcome Jan Grimbrandt, founder and CEO of Boson Energy. Welcome, Jan. Thank you very much, Frank. And my second guest is Philippe V, Global Head of Energy, Utilities and Chemicals, Capgemini. Welcome, Philippe. Uh, welcome uh, and thank you, Frank. Well, it's amazing to have you on the podcast because I think, you know, at, at this moment in time when we are recording the podcast, I am in the Netherlands and yesterday we broke a record uh, temperature uh, the highest ever measured within the Netherlands. So we, I think everybody starts feeling the urgency with this this intense heated summer again uh, for the need for energy transition. But Philippe, for our listeners that perhaps are not fully already aware, can you give a short explanation of the energy transition and what it really means and entails? Yes, Frank. Uh, energy transition includes all actions that are helping to decarbonate the world to fight against the climate change. And we see, uh, we will have a record also today in Paris. Huh? Uh, and also that enable uh, sustainable growth for everyone on the planet. About one billion people doesn't have access, for example, to ele electricity as far as, as far of today. The energy transition challenge is huge, serving uh, 9 billion people in 2050 against 6 billion today, uh, getting for access electricity for all, which means probably 100% energy growth, doubling the energy demand in the planet uh, between now and 2050. Being also uh, an almost carbon-free world, a reduction factor 4 compared to 1990, uh, to limit temperature growth on Earth to 2 degrees Celsius. 190 countries committed uh, since COP21 uh, in 2015 uh, from the Paris Accord. The actions of energy transition include changing energy mix for a clear, clear, cleaner one, uh, being carbon-free, for example, for electricity generation, uh, dismantling darker energy generation assets, uh, coal fuel, uh, uh, developing solar, wind, hydro, biomass, biogas, uh, and we will see with Boson Energy uh, uh, solid re recycling fuel uh, usage. Uh, but this is not only for electricity generation, but also for transportation and building. Uh, the second axis of energy transition is transforming the energy usages uh, 
electric or hydrogen mobility, for instance, but also more efficient energy usages. And the third axis is about leveraging technologies, deep sector technologies like carbon capture, usage and storage, like uh, storage batteries, uh, hydrogen, but also digital technologies, IoT, AI, and, uh, and every, every new technology which is coming. We are all concerned from states, uh, territories, cities, large and small companies, and also individuals. Uh, and this is where I see we have a lot together to make, and uh, we will welcome any action and initiative like the Boson Energy one. Yeah, and I think you point out to a good point when when you said you know if, if we need to you know decarbonize the world. Uh, I recently read the book of uh, Kate Raworth, uh, the Donut uh, Economics, where she also explained indeed what you state. You know, we go from six billion to nine billion people, so it's not only that we just re to need to reduce; we need to almost in certain areas also go to a negative part to compensate already for where we are at this moment in time so it's not only about reduction it's also almost like you know we need to we need to come to a negative uh, element if, if we are going to grow with 30 percent uh, or well 50 percent of, of population to 9 billion and and still get there so the so the urgency is really really huge i think uh philippe on that one Jan. Boson Energy. It's it's a very interesting name. I immediately need to think about particles and it takes me back to my physics class in school. Can you tell us a little bit about the company, what you do, how did you get started and, and what's the link to Boson? I'm a sort of an environmental business technologist and I grew up in Sweden, had the chance to go to university in Sweden. Started very early to look into how technology can be applied for process efficiency with the results of a cleaner environment. So we started to measure molecules in processes already back in, in the early 90s by applying uh, technologies from the telecom sector, meaning that we could make use of tunable diode lasers um, to do single line spectroscopy. And um, photon is an interesting uh, energy carrier and in the, within the family of uh, of bo bosons but our company we had back then had an acronym of the founders names um, so but during the years we were quite successful bringing an advanced measurement technology to the market and learning learning the fundamentals of uh, efficiency for processes from a financial point of view with the benefit to the environment and that trip took on we became a Siemens company. After that, we started a company for air pollution control with the objective again to, from the upstream, making improvements so downstream have a lesser impact to the environment, but still making money. And then that company was also sold to an American chemical group. And then we, my founder partner and I, he's a professor in advanced high temperature chemistry. So we are a little bit geeky when it comes to thermal processes and try to understand it from a more holistic point of view, how technology can or science can be applied in systems looking into uh, infrastructure impact benefits. And we were searching a name and uh, as all of the things we have around us origin from the sun to a very high extent when you look at uh, the benefit of photosynthesis, so we said, let's, let's take a name that, that sort of in a wider perspective gives us an, a deeper meaning of what we do. 
that's why we came up with Boson Energy, the most important energy carrier we have ever yeah, seen. Cool. So you also uh, w watched with interest uh, yesterday uh, the opening of the uh, the light sail too, the the big uh, yeah I think it's the big sail uh, that they now uh, launched in in uh, in the in space, which which basically will be carried by photons. Have you seen? It or? Yep. Yeah, very interesting. So, so what, what is your company doing then, uh, Jan? What we, what we do today, we, we are a sort of, we are quite concerned about the footprint we give. I'm, I'm not going to enter into the climate change aspect now, more into the toxics. The, the, the toxics from various behavior we have, if it's industry, indirectly leaked to, to water or air or soil. So we very, very early said, let's develop technologies and apply them to minimize or eliminate toxic spill out to the environment. Um, so we have a few products within that area. One which is easy to explain is the waste to energy. We know we need to address reuse, recycle to a high extent and also minimize uh, not recyclable products. But we're still going to end up with a high, extremely high volume of residues from our sort of human behavior. So we said, let's try to eliminate the problem from, from that non-recyclable waste. Um, traditionally, waste has been um, neglected to a high extent, and I still think it's the case. That's why we, we have room for improvement here. So the toxic aspects comes into an opportunity. Eliminating toxic gives you an opportunity to harvest energy where it can best be used. But you need to be very careful so you don't cause other problems when you try to solve one problem. And waste, if it's not handled correctly, you're going to have downstream residues like toxic ash, toxic uh, pollution residues. You will have at certain point also, unless you invest heavily, emissions which will have long-term damaging effects. Um, an economy of scale is of importance when you look at harvesting energy from waste because you need big size plant, uh, which involves other problems like use of land areas of enormous sizes. And we know land is an infrastructure stress aspect, so we need to look into nega land use. And we have transportation when you have high volume um, sorting stations, landfills, or waste energy. So you then need to look at nega kilometers, nega air pollution. So we developed a technology which is closer to, to the user, so we can eliminate many of the drawbacks just handling waste, which is of great importance on, uh, on the behavior because if we are closer to the client, we will also have, we believe we will see systematic changes, more respect to the nature when everyone is, is aware that too much waste causes problem. And if we can handle it locally, we will be able to harvest energy. Because we also know that on the infrastructure stress level, we look at it on nega, nega watt, nega kilometers, nega residue, nega air pollution. And if you look at electricity, as a carrier of prosperity, from Lord Turner's latest report, he concluded by observation and facts that we consumed at some point 20,000 terawatt 
hours of electricity. And uh, they did a very interesting uh, transition uh, forecasting and came up to, we might be able to, we, we might face a four to six times increase of demand for electricity mid of the century. So we're looking at 80 to 100,000 terawatt hours of electricity. At the same time, we see closing down uh, obsolete or not performing coal plants. We're closing down a few nuclear sites. We know that solar is important, wind is important, but it will not take us where we need to be when it comes to the demand. And we energy, access to energy is also um, societal stability when it comes to be able to care for yourself and your family, educational, sanitation where you come in um, and, and that's like you know not, not only the, the 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 transition which now takes place from the more traditional uh carbon kind of energy uh production towards like you know the solar and wind basically you said you know we are going to add a new element to it which is basically you know use use waste as an energy production capability yeah, it has been done. I'm from Sweden. We are pretty successful how to harvest waste efficient, efficiently. Because if you look at the footprint, thermal energy is quite important when it comes to heating or cooling. And if you have large-scale sites where you cannot match your excess heat, you will have very poor uh, harvesting of energy. If you have small-scale plant, you can look at um, absolutely close almost close to 100 percent energy harvesting from the waste so you, you find a double or triple purpose of the waste if you harvest it in small scale at the same time if you look at thermal and science correctly we eliminate all the drawbacks when it comes to toxic residues so our process has completely eliminated any future leakage of toxins in form of the ash and yeah? that's taken off the chart and we work with uh, a really good company when it comes to air pollution, where we can guarantee any future regulation when it comes to stiffer restrictions on any components that theoretically can come out from an, from a stack from a thermal process. When we when we do that and we do small scale in the urban environment, we we match the energy, which means that fuel will be or waste will be seen as an um, societal stabilization aspect uh, when it comes to the energy air pollution so so again science into taking something which is extremely toxic to us can give us some benefits and these benefits when you look at the energy source locally especially in urban environment where the 11, 11 kilovolt net to very high extent are stressed all over the world so we need to look at how to take a dirty thing into a clean thing, at the same time look at infrastructure impact benefits. And um, this is how we try to build up our company, working with municipalities, governments, companies, to really try to, to change the way we see waste. We're not saying to increase waste. This is nothing what we stand behind. Reduce waste. But the, the remaining waste correspond to if you look at an urban environment if you if you compare numbers the remaining waste which we cannot today recycle correspond to taking out of the of the energy sector more than a billion ton of coal per year 
And then we start to look at the interesting number when we switch over to, to climate change. We know that one ton of coal contributes to two tons of CO2 roughly, depending on the efficiency of the thermal process. If you have low, low quality ranking cycle up to ultra supercritical, sadly coal will remain um, an, uh, an important factor to the energy system. We just need to understand how to eliminate the consequences. So this is how we geeky engineers explaining the energy transition. <laughs> yeah, that's good that people also know, you know, where it should come from. Philippe, if you look at uh, at the encounters that you have in the in the industry, uh, this this waste, uh, and I, I, what I really like and find very interesting with Boson Energy is indeed that they really look like how can we do it locally so that you uh, as close as possible to the source. How how big will that be as part of the energy transition, or is is do you think still too much is focused more on you know the move to solar and and wind and particularly in wind there is always the debate in the Netherlands like you know is that actually a viable economic model or is that only because of the of the big subsidies which are there so so where do you see this plays about you know the waste to energy technology uh, in the in the whole energy transition. Uh, let's step back a moment. Uh, we started uh, the climate ch change fight uh, 20, 30 years ago, and we accelerate uh, now. Uh, and this is uh, mandatory. Uh, with the renewables, uh, which were the first technologies, meaning solar wind, uh, and these are huge market today. Huh? Uh, the global spend in the world uh, is about 150 billion dollars every year uh, to uh, grow uh, solar and wind uh, farms uh, that help to uh, to, to mitigate uh, the climate change. Uh, these technologies are mature today, uh, but 150 billions are not enough. Uh, money uh, to meet the Paris Accord uh, Agreement, huh? we should probably double this volume. Uh, and doubling this volume means uh, finding uh, lands uh, to generate uh, energy from solar and wind. Uh, by the way, uh, these uh, markets being mature, uh, we are now they are now competitive. Uh, for uh, electricity generation compared to any other sources of electricity generation, including uh, decarbonate like nuclear, uh, or of course carbonate, uh, coal, uh, fuel, uh, gas, uh, uh, energy generation. Um, but uh, definitely we should find other ways because it will not be... Uh, enough developed in the world and we cannot bet only on wind and solar. We have also, as uh, Jan mentioned, uh, the fact that uh, the, the waste are polluting the planet and we all know the plastic, uh, the plastic debate today huh, in the oceans. Uh, so new technologies will come and there is a very promising technologies uh, that is promoted by boson energy but also other other players in the world uh, that have a, a, a fantastic advantage uh, which is to uh, treat two two questions in fact uh, the first question being to eliminate waste and eliminate waste where it's produced 
and also to generate cleaner energy uh, if we consider the full cycle uh, with uh, the residues of uh, of waste which are burnt have the oven uh, or the, the old coal plant which are uh, transformed or in new uh, plants which are built to 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 make this uh, energy production from uh, recycled uh, waste very very interesting and uh, you have a lot of technologies that are coming uh, uh, that are coming and that will uh, bring additional uh, uh, additional ingredients uh, to really uh, fix uh, the energy transition question well, well well Jan I've got one one, one last question for you the, the... What we see, of course, is that you know I'm living in the Netherlands, and a lot of debates currently are ongoing on this whole energy transition. And then you know the 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 naysayers they always said you know, but what is the impact that we can make as a small country? And if you look at the European things, we do a lot, but actually the the big growth from the six billion to nine billion people will come from, for instance, Africa, which of course are full in in, in development. Uh, and there are a lot of initiatives that also look at it, like, you know, the International Renewable Energy Agency uh, drafted the Africa 2030 project, which should drive to this roadmap of Africa's energy transition. What is your opinion of these technical and economic aspects of, of the projects in these kind of development countries? And, and how can companies like Boson Energy also contribute to achieve those goals? I'm not concerned that we will develop new technologies that we will science is fantastic we just need to put in resources and allow people to make mistakes yeah but i'm a little bit concerned about how agendas are developing we we i think on a on a global perspective we know that we have problems when fighting these problems you you come into very local strange policies sometimes that actually can can cause more problems even though we know that scientifically we can solve the problem yeah? so on this from a science point of view i'm comfortable solutions developed from that i'm comfortable bringing it to market at cost i'm comfortable but systematic inefficiency by decision makers yeah i can imagine that it's, uh, it's more politics most of the time that indeed uh, prohibits some of the of the of the change actually if you want to change yourself i saw i was <laughs> my plane was delayed because of fuel issues at schiphol airport yesterday and i was in uh, gothenburg uh, waiting for my flight and i saw a great book which was called and it was a little bit uh to uh quoted to nelson mandela but it was by the the change that you want to be so it was not be the change that you want to be, but it was by the change that you want to be. And it also looked at like, you know, how can you as an individual, individual consumer also change your habits to actually contribute to that? So I thought that was a, that was a brilliant quote by the change that you want to be. Philip, last question for you. You know, energy transition is not new, but uh, it, it is, as Jan already said, it is, it is about decision makers probably, you know, to make it really work. But of course, it will also require a lot of change in business practices. What is the impact this will have on organizations and what is required to change, in your opinion? Uh, first of all, it will start by uh, all of us. All of us, meaning all the inhabitants of this planet that will uh, require, and you have all the protestations against climate uh, change uh, today, uh, we will have to change our behavior. Uh, it starts by using clean transportation, again, uh, uh, pollut polluting uh, transportation, living uh, in efficient homes, 
buildings, uh, working in efficient buildings, uh, and investing especially in that direction. Transportation and uh, buildings uh, are more polluting uh, than energy generation. Reducing waste generation, uh, water usage, uh, because we will have, we have water scarcity in the planet. Huh? Uh, participating in flexibility program uh, uh, when we speak of uh, energy, uh, reducing, for example, the consumption at peak hours, uh, uh, which are more polluted because at peak hours you use uh, coal plants. Uh, in most of the countries, uh, you don't use uh, renewables only, uh, meaning uh, shifting, for example, your washing machine from uh, uh, the peak hour at uh, 6 p.m. to uh, the night uh, when there is uh, more energy available. Uh, and this is a completely new way of uh, behaving, living uh, in, uh, in the world. Uh, it starts by the individuals, but it also concerns enterprises uh, who commit more and more to use 100% of clean energy to be more efficient, to be carbon free, uh, and to be more, um, to have a better image on the market also. Along with the climate group, uh, which is the club of uh, the uh, enterprises committed to use 100% uh, clean energy, uh, we have demonstrated that companies that are committed on this kind of targets are more profitable than their peers. Period. Uh, it has been demonstrated. So this is also the interest of the companies to go and to fight uh, against uh, climate change. So behavior change changes for everyone, green and carbon free investment at any level. That's it. I agree with you. I think there's actually money to be made in, uh, in this uh, transition. So clean, affordable energy, it's one of the 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And if these goals make anything clear to business, it is that business for good is actually good business. And you just heard it from Philippe. At the same time, we know that business as usual will not save the planet. Therefore, it's even more heartening to know that companies like Boson Energy are striving to make the world better for mankind with technology, with science, and I think with a lot of passion. <laughs> and we at Capgemini are proud to be associated with you. I would like to thank you, Jan. Uh, Jan, if people want to know more about you and, and Boson Energy, where can they find more information? The big L on the internet, <laughs> LinkedIn. So, yes. And basically, uh, we will make sure that also the handles are over there, but you, you can find Jan Grimbrand uh, on LinkedIn. And Philippe, if people want to have more interaction with you on this topic, where can they find you? Uh, LinkedIn uh, also, uh, philippe.vie at capgemini.com or capgemini.com slash utilities, uh, because I am leading this uh, energy utilities and chemical sector uh, for Capgemini. Well, excellent. And you already heard, you know, if you want to be more profitable, then, you know, make sure that you connect with Philippe because he can help you. Uh, my name is Frank Wammers. Uh, you can find me at F Wammers on Twitter or F Wammers on LinkedIn. This was another episode for the Applied Innovation Podcast. I hope you liked it. It was brought to you by Capgemini's Applied Innovation Exchange. It will be a hot day. Uh, and I hope uh, we together through technology, we can make sure we can cool down things again. Thank you so much.